Hello and welcome to episode 104 of the Fertility Podcast. I'm Natalie Silverman, your host. If this is your first listen to the podcast, welcome in. I've been getting some lovely emails from you of late, of new listeners. It's always great to hear when I've been discovered. So this episode is talking to a company who have created some remarkable products that help you predict your fertility health. And I'm always interested in finding out more of these types of developments that are happening in the fertility world. I'm really trying to put that focus on, I suppose, empowering us with the information out there whilst we're trying to kind of navigate through our journey. Maybe you're just trying. Maybe you've been told that you need to have fertility treatment. And what my next guest will be talking about is how the products that they've created help to give you more knowledge about whether certain treatments are going to be a benefit to you. So it is a kind of really fascinating insight into what you can arm yourself with every step of the way whilst you are on your journey trying to start your family. So grab a cup of tea or if you're on the move, plug your earphones in and I hope this is of interest to you. I'm now going to welcome Angie Lee, who is the Chief Product Officer at Cellmatics, which is a fascinating company. And I'm going to let Angie explain exactly what they do and why we are talking. Uh, Angie, welcome to the Fertility Podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. So, Cellmatics, uh, you're right, it, it is a, a new type of company that's emerging in the field of women's health. We refer to ourselves as a next-generation women's health company because our focus is really about harnessing the emerging technologies out in the world in order to bring a new way that women can interact with their reproductive health, both in trying to overcome infertility challenges, but also to take a more proactive approach in managing their fertility care moving forward. Now, one of the things that I have learned from the numerous podcast episodes is how empowering it is for us to have this kind of information that we can not challenge the medical professionals that we're dealing with, but saying to them, hang on, you're doing this standard test, but have you considered I might have this, that or the other? And I know we're in an age of we're all guilty of Googling and asking Dr. Google, but just give me an idea of how you're, you're empowering women with the different products, because I know there's a few. Should we start with Polaris? Yes. So fundamentally, I think what drives us at Cellmatics is actually the fact that we live at an amazing time. We know so much more about the human body than our mothers did, our grandmothers did. And yet much of women's health is still driven by the technologies and the assumptions that were made and discovered back at our mother's ages and our grandmother's ages. And so what really drives Cellmatics is that we are helping to bring the technologies that are helping companies like Amazon sell more products or the technologies that are helping revolutionize cancer care to really helping women understand their fertility. And what that means is that we take things like, we're taking um, the fancy way of describing this, is we, we take big data, data analytics, and we bring in genomics to create products that will help women not only get this information, but actually understand this information. Because what's so hard is technology innovation is moving forward so quickly that you don't know what you don't know, or you don't know how to interpret it. So the Polaris platform was a product we launched a couple of years ago. It's active here in the United States. And what it does is it actually leverages one of the largest data sets in the world on female fertility and helps women understand, okay, given my clinical metrics, given my age, my BMI, my FSH, my AMH, all these clinical metrics, what can I expect if I undergo different treatment options for infertility? So if I keep trying at home, what's my likelihood of success um, after three months, after six months, after nine months? Um, If you decide to seek the care of your OBGYN or reproductive endocrinologist, 
What would it look like if I did IUI? What would it look like if I did IVF? What is my likelihood of success after one, two, three cycles? Um, and it allows um, women with their physicians to really understand, okay, this isn't just a average-based world. You know, we are not average. So how can we use our biology to make more informed decisions about treatment? So I'm assuming it's it's an app, is it? It's actually, no. So the, the, the system itself is actually a program that's licensed by fertility clinics in order to help counsel their patients more effectively. So the um, clinic because, has it. Yes, exactly. Because here's what it is, is this is a new field. And we know that, um, you know, we are very much a patient-driven company and we have a woman-driven company. And we've spoken to thousands of women to try to understand what the reproductive journey looks like when you're experiencing infertility or you're trying to build a family on your own. And um, if you are in the position of seeking reproductive care, then you really do need to have the guide of a physician to help you understand what your options are. Um, I agree with you. Using all the resources that are available to you out in the world will help you get a broader sense of what is out there so that you can design and partner with your physician to really take control over your treatment planning. But this is something that we actually have our licensing through physician and, and through clinics. We're basically talking about fertility prediction software that will enable a woman to know the likelihood of things working or not. And from a clinic's point of view, they can, I suppose, be quite transparent when they're having these consultations. Because from from my own experience, we were kind of told the method that we were going to have and we didn't really question it. We didn't know enough. We were quite naive. We just we just did it. Luckily, it works first time. However, I have lots of conversations with people who have had failed cycles. And so are we saying that by knowing this, you're able to then say, well, if the percentage of that method isn't great, then maybe we'll hang on and we'll do this and we'll do that and we'll spend a few more months looking at these levels. Is, is that the kind of outcomes that are happening? So I think what you describe is actually something that we've actually kind of reinforced and discovered in our own research and talking to women is that going through the treatment for infertility is very much a journey. It isn't a, a single treatment that in, in most cases. So if you look at our data set of over 670,000 cycles of IUI and IVF data, the average woman has to undergo 2.3 cycles of IVF in order to get to a live birth. So for that reason, it isn't just about that one cycle and perfecting that one cycle. Because as doctors will tell you, you learn a lot about the human body or about a, a woman's specific biology with that first cycle of IVF. Now, what this enables us to do is actually to refine after a cycle. You can collect that information, put it into our system, and they can tell you, okay, here's what it looks like for the subsequent cycles. Or for many patients who are asking themselves, okay, I've started with uh, IUI. When is the right time to move on to IVF? When have I optimized or maximized my chances of success with IUI before I move on to IVF? Or when can I say I've done enough to where I want to um, consider continuing treatment with the incorporation of donor eggs? So this information is really intended to help give patients greater clarity about what data could tell them so they can make informed decisions moving forward. And what's the response been from clinics? Because presumably you have to get them on board. Yes. So we have been, it's been really exciting to see. So I think what physicians have started to really understand with the use of Polaris and our, our, our treatment navigator tools is that oftentimes patients who come into a clinic for the first time, we, there's a disconnect in the experience, right? Because physicians have been doing this for years and years. And they have this 
incredible ability to intuit what's going to happen based on what where a patient coming in the door, based on their metrics, based on their information. There's an art to what they do, right? But for a woman who's going through it for the very first time, it's a very different experience, right? You don't have the 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 benefit of having all of that experience of all those cycles of of treatment under your belt. And so where Treatment Navigator is incredibly helpful is that it helps to use data to help women and their doctors get on the same page as to what they can expect. Here is what an IVF cycle looks like. Here is what an IUI cycle looks like. Here's what you can expect over the next several cycles. Because I think what what is often misunderstood is that there is this assumption that patients don't like bad news. And it's actually more that in the research that we've done in talking to thousands of women, it's not they don't like bad news, it's that they don't like surprises. And oftentimes what happens is um, a woman might go in expecting one thing, but then end up having a different outcome that they didn't expect. And so what uh, a tool like Treatment Navigator actually does is it helps kind of bridge that translation from the patient experience to the physician experience. And in doing so, it builds transparency, it helps build trust, and it helps build the, the relationship in a way that the patient then understands, look, we're in this together. You know, we're in this to help you get to the best possible outcome. And it has that trust that's kind of built into it. So I'm assuming that in order to get access to Polaris, you need to find a clinic that is using it? Or can you go to a clinic and ask them to use it? How does it work? Because the platform is actually customized for every single clinic according to their specific success metrics, it is important that a, a patient who's interested in using Polaris does need to go to a clinic that currently offers it. Right. Now we are, I, I, I can't leak too much information, but there is a roadmap ahead where we are looking and thinking about ways in which we can bring it directly to women so they can have more information even leading up to a physician's visit or even after being able to, for if you're going to a doctor that doesn't offer it right now. But the best way of understanding or, or getting access to this information would be to visit our website and to actually identify a clinic in your area that does offer this this service. So you're you're pretty well spread across the United States at the moment. We have partnered with uh, 10 of the largest clinics across the country, covering most of the metropolitan areas. And we were talking earlier about further international plans in the pipeline, yes. which is exciting. Yes, we are definitely exploring that. And we'll be sure to keep you guys posted as we expand into other markets. All right. So that's the clinic side of what Cellmatics has has kind of created and is is at the forefront of, which is, is really fascinating as to what it enables you as a patient to be able to experience. And, and I also want to talk about Fertilome and how it works and, and how it can help with fertility education. So just talk a bit about what it is. The Fertilome test is actually the world's first genetic test designed specifically to understand a woman's reproductive health and fertility. Um, so what it does is it looks at a woman's genes in order to identify if there are variants that are in the genes that are associated with difficult to diagnose conditions such as endometriosis, polycystic ovarian syndrome, um, PCOS, uh, and primary ovarian insufficiency, POI. These conditions are known to affect the, um, can be shown to affect fertility in the short and long term. And so what this test enables physicians to understand is, is when you're going in, so if you're a woman who is going into a fertility clinic specifically to seek care, to try to get to, um, a, to build a family, this information can actually look at your genetics to see if there's anything subclinical that might be impacting your ability to conceive. We'll be back with Angie in just a moment because I just want to tell you a little bit about my sponsors. The Fertility Podcast is supported by Ovusense. 
If you're trying to monitor your cycle and finding it overwhelming, OvuSense is the only ovulation monitor on the market that is a class two medical device. It has a vaginal sensor and app and fits like a tampon, so it's really easy to use and comfortable to wear. Now you use it at night while you sleep and then in the morning, you simply remove, wash it and download your data to see your cycle pattern. Now OvuSense has proven comfortable for women in over 10,000 cycles of use and can predict ovulation up to a day in advance and can confirm it with 99% accuracy. To find out more, visit ovisense.com. The Fertility Podcast is also supported by IVF Matters, the UK's first online fertility clinic, where you can order tests delivered to your door, have scans at multiple locations, and speak to consultants in the comfort of your own home. It's a truly unique way to experience your fertility journey. And you can find out more at ivfmatters.co.uk. Now, I know how daunting it is finding out information about fertility issues, so I wanted to tell you about The Fertility Show, It's on the 4th and 5th of November at London's Olympia and is open to anyone wanting to start or extend their family. You can meet experts face-to-face at the exhibition or attend one of the brilliant seminars by a leading fertility specialist. Visit thefertilityshow.co.uk for more information. From the conversations I've had with women about endometriosis and PCOS, especially with the endometriosis, it's been years before it's been diagnosed. It really is. is, is It is true. Combating this problem. Absolutely. So the fertilum test can actually be used at any point uh, in a woman's reproductive journey. So it might be that at the beginning when she's in her 20s and she just wants to understand what her genes say about her reproductive health, it can be used all the way down to a woman who's undergoing fertility treatment and wanting to know, okay, what might my genes tell my physician and helping me fine tune my IVF cycles or even, you know, what could be helping, what could help explain my very frustrating idiopathic diagnosis. Um, but you, you hit upon a really important point is that um, we do live in an amazing time where our genes can tell us so much more and give us a, a glimpse into the future, right? Our genes never change. Clinical metrics do as you age. And so what Furlum can actually do is tell you um, if you test positive for markers that are associated with these conditions. And as you mentioned, endometriosis, you know, women report taking up to 10 years mm. to be diagnosed with this condition. And in the meantime, they've done, you know, they're experiencing pain, discomfort, and just knowing ahead of time, okay, I have markers that put me at risk for endometriosis can be incredibly empowering for them in taking better control over their health, their long-term health. So how does it physically work? Because we talked before about having to go to a clinic. How does Fertilone work for, for me as a potential user? So Fertilum is a blood test that's administered through your physician's office. So your physician has to order the test for you. So what they do is they take a simple blood sample, one tube of blood, and they ship it off to our lab. And then 15 days later, you get the results um, through your physician. And, and it's actually, I mean, it's quite easy. And what about that internationally? Is that still predominantly U.S. at the moment? It is predominantly U.S., but we are very aggressively exploring international expansion. We recently went to an uh, international conference and was just really excited at the, at the response that we had from the international community because there is a deep need for this type of tool out in the world. Uh, mm. I think we were approached not only by reproductive endocrinologists, but also with OBGYNs who are wanting to help women take more proactive control over their, their reproductive health. And you know, in the U.S., for example, what we're seeing is that more and more women are having children later. And this has largely to do with uh, being driven just by demographic situations, right? So more and more women are entering the workforce, focusing on their careers. And so as a result, what, what we are seeing is that there is um, a place where biology 
um, and their ability to conceive may not always match up with what the demographics and the trends of what we're seeing in, in our culture. Now, our mission with the Fertilum Test is really just to give women as broad a picture about their fertility as early on so they can make whatever decisions they want and to design the ultimate life they want. And so what, what's really exciting is to see that so much of the OBGYN community is also starting to see that having this information sooner, right? Right now, it's often very much a reactive situation. I started trying on my own and now I'm facing difficulty. With a test like Fertilum that can reveal risk factors associated with these conditions, we're actually able to see, you know, the, 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 we're at the beginnings of personalized medicine and beginning to really give women better control earlier on. And when you talk about the markers that the test shows, because from the discussions I've had, I know there are some similarities with symptoms of PCOS and symptoms of endometriosis. And then there's a adenomyosis, one that I've just recently been talking about, which I'd never heard about and describes the ugly sister of endometriosis. What's the percentage of accuracy with the predictions? Because you talked about, are there, are there several markers? Is there like a scale? How does it work? It- it is, it is several markers. So um, what it looks like is it looks at 49 variants on 32 genes. And what it does is it looks at, um, you know, fertility isn't like what is typically a, a simple understood genetic condition, right? So yeah. there isn't like um, what you study in, you know, biology in high school, what are referred to as Mendelian kind of um, uh, factors. Um, fertility is actually much more complex, right? So we know that genes play a role in this, but we also know environment plays a role, lifestyle plays a role, the age plays a role, right? So the way that you have to think about test, genetic tests like these is you kind of have to understand, it helps you understand your risk factors for potentially developing these things. And so there's, it's not a diagnosis, right? Having a risk factor is not the same thing as saying, yep, you definitely have this. But what you can do as an individual is take this information and say, I have these risk factors and I can make informed decisions moving forward about it. Yeah. I think it's brilliant. And what kind of feedback have you had from from women that are using it? Because I know, especially with the Polaris, is a good. Well, one of this one of the stats I saw said it's been used to counsel roughly thirty thousand women. So I don't know what the figures are with Fertilome as well. What kind of comments and feedback are you getting? Polaris actually has reached over seventy thousand patients. Wow. So we are very excited that it, we're scaling incredibly quickly with Fertilum right now. We've actually, I mean, we've been so impressed with some of the stories that we're hearing back. Um, you know, right now there are over seventy physicians across the country have been administered administered the test to hundreds of women. Um, you know, two specific examples jump out at me, um, or actually three examples jump out at me that are really kind of striking in terms of the impact that fertilum can have. So um, uh, one woman, her name is Nicole, and she actually is 30 years old. She was considering um, egg freezing and was going to go talk to her doctor about it. Um, and so she was already kind of on the path of thinking very proactively about her her health. Um, she decided to take a fertilum test, and when she did, she actually learned that she has markers that not only did it confirm the desire to move forward, because she it turned out that she had markers associated with potential difficulty sustaining pregnancy in the future or entering into menopause early. And so what that helped her do is to move forward with confidence that she was egg freezing at the right time. And she also went underwent two cycles of egg freezing so in order to increase her chances of having the large family that she wanted. Another great story, actually, which I think is really reaffirming as well, which is that um, another woman named Jess, she's in a relationship. She wants to, you know, they've already talked about having a family, but she's really career-oriented and wants to invest in her career right now and wanted to wait a few years. 
She took the fertilizer test and it gave her confidence that she could wait. You know, she didn't have risk factors that suggested that she would be at risk for early menopause. She didn't have risk factors that suggested that she would have difficulty develop a condition that would lead to difficulty. And so she really it just reinforced her confidence in the timeline that she had already kind of set for herself. And then a third example with a a woman here in New York at one of our partner clinics. Her name is Ingrid. Her story was a little bit more challenging in that she in her early 30s had gone to go get IVF. She was successful with her very first cycle and thought, great, this is awesome. She had her baby and she came back for her second child. And when she came back, she unfortunately failed five different cycles of IVF. And it was hard because, of course, she had, you know, in her previous experience, IVF had been such a solid solution for overcoming her infertility. At the time, the fertilum test wasn't available. She took the fertilum test because she wanted to understand what's going on. And it turned out that she actually had markers associated with POI, primary ovarian sufficiency, which would have suggested that she would have hit menopause before the age of 40. Now, had she had this test at the beginning of her IVF journey, her doctor may have counseled her to say, you know what, let's start by doing multiple retrievals and banking eggs or embryos for the future so that you can ultimately reach the family goal that you want of two or three children. Mm. And so these are examples of real world stories of women who have made decisions where fertilum actually played an important factor in their decision making process. Wow. It is mind-blowing, the, the empowering nature of it, as, as we've said, and we've used that word, but I think it's also important to, to say with any of these things, whenever I feel I'm talking about amazing developments in the fertility world, that they they aren't a solution. They aren't saying that, you know, you can do this test and then you'll know and then you'll get pregnant. It's all still giving you just more information along the way. Do you think that's that's fair to say? I mean, you've still got to be very aware of the decline in your fertile age and, and your egg reserve and, and, and be as, I suppose, informed and aware as possible. And th- and I suppose this is a way to make that happen. That's absolutely right. I mean, there's no, there's ma- no magic solution for any of this stuff. But our mission really is to make sure that women go into, you just have the tools they need in order to make the most informed decisions they can and then make the decisions that are right for them. Because I think that for women who are going through fertility treatment, the process, the journey, the decision-making is so incredibly personal, right? It has to do with, you know, what is your comfort level with using technology? What is your insurance, your ability to pay? What is your ultimate family building? What is your relationship status? All of that stuff is incredibly personal, and so there's no cookie-cutter solution to any of this. But what women can do is just get as much information going into it so they can make um, an informed decision that's based on data, uh, that's based on their own personal biology, and really design the path forward that will help them reach their goals of having the ultimate family they want. So Angie, for anybody listening, curious to know more, what advice would you say? Where should they start looking to just understand what they might be able to access? Absolutely. So I would suggest that folks listening go to myfertilome.com, M-Y-F-E-R-T-I-L-O-M-E.com. There you can learn more about our genetic test. You can also visit our corporate site at cellmatics.com to understand more about the uh, Polaris platform um, where they can learn more about, you know, be able to identify clinics that currently offer it and um, doctors who are currently prescribing the test, ordering the test. But I think, if anything, what I encourage all women to do, 
no matter what age they are, is to start talking to their doctors and to ask relentless questions. Um, it's so interesting because, you know, we, like I've mentioned, we, we really do pride ourselves as being very patient-minded, and we are constantly talking to women and doing focus groups and doing research. And just last night, we hosted a focus group here in our offices for women who are currently trying to conceive. And what we were very surprised by was just the discomfort that people have asking hard questions to their doctors, you know, advocating for themselves with their physicians, um, asking for the tests that they want and the analyses they want, their FSH, their AMH. And what we would just encourage women to do is, you know, be voracious in your consumption of information, read as much as you can, and then also really partner with your physician. And partnering with your physician could be asking them the questions that they want answered, pushing for the things that you want to learn more about. Um, because the other flip side of this is that we've also heard from physicians that they sometimes feel uncomfortable, you know, asking patients questions about their family building or their fertility because they don't want to, you know, make a woman uncomfortable, make her feel badly, you know. Who knows if a woman is single, you know, asking this question almost feels insensitive. But at the end of the day, what you and your doctor have is that you're both there for your best interest, right? You're both there to make sure that you can get to the ultimate goal that you want. And so if it means having and asking the hard questions now, it is much better to ask them now than to ask them too late. Yeah. I mean, the, the conversations I've had with clinicians around the UK, numerous times they've said there's no stupid questions. And that's something that I always try to, to say to people, like you've just said, just, just ask. I mean, you've got nothing to lose, really. And yes, it might be a bit uncomfortable because sometimes the reality of, you know, what's going to happen is. But at least, as we've been saying, at least you'll know. And I will put all the details of the My First Alone website on the show notes as well as the Selmatics website, Angie, to make sure everyone can find out because I know that I just saw on the um, site you've got uh, payment plans as well if people are concerned about costs of all this because you constantly aware when you are investigating your fertility that there is a price tag attached and so it's good to know that there's ways and means to make it possible. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, um, access is something that's very important to us because we are here to make a larger impact on all of women's health. And so the, the other way to think about this test also is that it was with anything, getting as much information up front can help you make better decisions throughout the entire journey. Like you said, as you know, you know, fertility treatment can be incredibly expensive and we do empathize and understand all of that. And so certainly there is information about payment plans, but also if there's ever a situation where cost is an issue, you should also reach out to our customer service line as well and they can also put you in the right direction for access programs okay Angeli, thank yeah. you it's been really interesting learning more and i wish you the best of luck and look forward to welcoming you across the pond with all that you're doing because i know people listening in the uk and and outside the us will be really interested to see you know how you can reach out so more people have access to this Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. All right. You take care. Bye. Bye. Now, the show notes for this episode are thefertilitypodcast.com forward slash Angie. And when you go to have a look at them, you'll notice that the website looks a bit different. I've just soft launched my new website, which is very exciting, but it's just happened. So there's still some tweaks being made. But do go and have a look because what I've tried to do is make all my previous episodes much easier for you to navigate your way through. They're kind of categorized and there's also a search box that you can type in 
some words that you might think are relevant to what you're looking for and hopefully you'll find them. I really would appreciate your feedback on this. It's the first time I've changed the website since this podcast launched in 2014. So if there's any issues, be nice. If there's anything that you think would be really helpful, please just let me know. You can send me an email, natalie at thefertilitypodcast.com. You can also leave your details so I can keep you up to date with what's going on. And there's buttons for how you can subscribe and go to iTunes and rate and review, which is always massively helpful to get this podcast noticed even more so. I really hope that this has got you thinking and until the next time, 